everyone, and welcome uh, to our guests especially today. We're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much part of our family together. Let me remind everyone to go ahead and uh, uh, sign the attendance sheets if you wouldn't, wouldn't mind doing that. Uh, put your name and address and email address, especially if you'd like to receive our email newsletter every, every week. Uh, be sure we have your email address in there. Uh, we would appreciate it. Go ahead and check in on your uh, social media on your phone. And uh, while you're doing that, let me um, uh, bring you up to date on some uh, some things that are going on. First of all, I understand there was a – I didn't get to go, but I understand there was a great trip to McCutcheon Meadows uh, yesterday for our, our, um, uh, our group of senior citizens and others, our un- upperclassmen – underclassmen – our upperclassmen group. And uh, so thank you, Sue, for arranging for that. Uh, let me remind you, go ahead and put on your calendar – the uh, Christmas Eve service that's coming up, guess when? Christmas Eve. <laughs> It'll be at 5 o'clock, and so you're out plenty of time to have Christmas Eve dinner with your family, if that's a, a part of your tradition. And this is this is by far my favorite service uh, of the year. It's a wonderful time of fellowship and worship and a lot of singing, a lot of beautiful music. And so please uh, put that on your, on your calendar, invite your friends your family to come and be a part of that and uh, you will not be disappointed it's a wonderful time uh, also Rudy has popcorn over here if you uh, uh, ordered popcorn to pick it up today then it's over here and see Rudy and, and you can uh, uh, take care of that and also I want to let you know about a mission day that's coming up on uh, December the 29th and we have a couple of mission projects that you can be involved with that day uh, first of all we will be serving lunch at uh, the Salvation Army on on that morning or that noon time. And so if you'd like to volunteer for that, please see Christine and uh, she'll sign you up for that. But we also have something else going on on that day. We also need volunteers to help clean up a yard and haul stuff off to the to the dump. And so if you can, uh, can volunteer to be a part of that, uh, please let me know. And uh, we have lots going on. And of course, that will be weather pending, of course. We're not going to do it if there's if it's a lot of snow or rain or anything like that. But, uh, but that's our plans to do that on Saturday, December the 29th. Now, most of you have a, a deacon election or deacon ballot. Uh, I think you, you got one when you came in today. If you don't have one, I think Greg has uh, some that he can give to you. So here, here we go, Greg. So raise your hand if you don't have a deacon ballot. And Mary has pencils if you need a pencil. Uh, to fill those out. Uh, go ahead and do that now. Let's just spend just a moment uh, 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 taking care of this. You can circle up to six names um, on this ballot. Do not circle over six names. If you have more than six names, then the whole ballot is invalid. Uh, so you can circle up to six names on this ballot. And, uh, and we will pick those up in just a moment. We'll just give you a moment to do that.
can go ahead and pick those up uh, when you're done. Okay, I think we have everybody. Uh, we don't let me let us know up oh, there's some some right here. Anybody else? Okay, um, thank you so much for that. Uh, today is we continue our Advent theme as we prepare our, our hearts for the uh, the coming of Christ at, at Christmas, the celebration of Christ's birth at Christmas time. And today uh, we emphasize peace, the peace of Christmas, as we anticipate the coming of the Prince of Peace. So let me invite you now to stand if you are able, and let us pass the peace of Christ to one another as we share the love of God. I will show you. 
I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Let's be clear. God was asking a lot from Abraham. Leave everything you know and go to a place I will show you. Put your trust in me and I will bring you to a place that will someday be your own. And I will make you a great nation. You don't have any children yet, but trust me, you will. Yes, God asked a lot of Abraham, but God promised Abraham even more. God promised descendants, blessings, and protection on the journey. God asked a lot, promises a lot, and Abraham had faith. As he embarked on this journey, he put his trust in God, and God gave him peace. The peace that filled Abraham as he embarked on this unknown, dangerous, difficult journey is the same peace that God offers us today in the midst of our unknown, dangerous, and difficult world. God asks a lot, but promises so much more. We light the candle of peace today to proclaim that we trust God with all our lives and that there is peace.
historic Christmas hymn study today are two partner hymns. It came up on a midnight clear, and I heard the bells on Christmas Day. They were both written by two men from Massachusetts in the 1800s, and they have the same main topic. Listen. Listen. Listen to the promise of peace on earth proclaimed by the angels at the birth of the Christ child. Reverend Edmund Sears wrote our first carol in 1849. Sears was concerned over the social strife that plagued our nation. Poor people that were enduring rugged hardship as they struggled to go across to the west to the gold rush. But then once they got there, they were just as poor as when they left. The sorrow and the suffering of slavery. But the sorrow and the suffering of war to stop it. You can really feel his plea to mankind in this verse. Yet with the woes of sin and strife, the world has suffered long. Beneath the angel string have rolled 2,000 years of wrong. And man at war with man hears not the love song which they bring. Oh, hush the noise, ye men of strife, and hear the angels sing. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in 19, or sorry, 1864, he composed our second Christmas carol because he himself was suffering. His wife had died a couple of years earlier when her apron caught fire as she was cooking. Henry tried desperately to help his wife, but she died from her wounds the next day. He himself, his face was burned so severely that he covered it with a beard for the rest of his life. And now he was left raising six children alone. Then the oldest, at 18, ran off to join the Civil War, and on December the 1st, while dining at home, Henry received a telegram that his son had been hurt and might be paralyzed for the rest of his life. A few days later, he wrote the words to his poem, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, expressing the feelings in his own heart and also the observations of the injustice and the violence in this world, which left one in the midst of complete despair. And in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. However, as you sing the songs, you can hear that they did both discover there is a way to have peace on this earth. And it comes with a small Christ child. Let us stand together as we sing the first of our carols. It came upon a midnight clear.
children, would you join us down front for our children's moment, please? Good morning. Last Sunday, we discussed the co- what color Christmas are and what they mean. Does anyone remember that? What the colors are? White and gold. Does anyone remember what they mean? Um, white shows the Lord's purity and perfection, and gold shows his majesty and glory. We also use white lights on our tree to show that Jesus is the light of the world. John chapter 1 verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. What Christmas are we sharing today? Okay. Well, okay. So we have a trefoil. Um, the trefoil is composed of three overlapping rings intertwined to be one. This represents the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And next we have a fish. Jesus' first disciples were fishermen from Galilee. He told them he would make them fishers of men, and much of Jesus' ministry took place around the Sea of Galilee. And the last one we have today is the dove. The descending dove is a symbol of peace, innocence, and purity. During Jesus Christ's baptism, John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon men, upon him. John chapter 1 verse 32. That's it. You guys can go back. <laughs>
morning. Would you please pray with me? As we share our Christmas offerings, God, please remind us to use our Christian arms to give someone a hug. Please remind us to use our Christian hands to hold another's hand and our Christian smiles to let others know we care. God, please remind us if we do those few things, we won't be at peace this Christmas season. Amen. Amen. Chapters 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord.
talking a lot about uh, peace this morning. We've been singing about peace. Uh, we've lighted the, the peace candle today. But have you ever noticed that peace is an elusive quality in our world these days? Whether it is in the Middle East or in Asia or right here in our own community, peace is an elusive quality. I read about an enthusiastic group of people, about 1,200 would-be peacemakers who began a peace march a few years back in Los Angeles. It seems that this group wanted to make a statement about the futility of war and the importance of, of peace. A noble venture, wouldn't you agree? However, before they had gone too far, the peace march kind of stalled out because about 
half of the group had disbanded because of petty bickering within the group. And the remaining marchers quickly polarized between those who were walkers and those who were riding in vehicles. And and after that, there was a dispute over dress code, what they should be wearing. And finally, they decided to settle some of these conflicts with with a vote. But they couldn't couldn't agree on who could vote and who couldn't vote. And so eventually they came to an agreement allowing even the children to vote. But then the, the, the vote was declared invalid and so this peace peace march ended up with a large percentage of those assembled refusing to speak to one another Jim Bruton in describing this event concludes by saying and we wonder why nations can't get along in Paul's letter to the Philippians, we find one of the most popular and one of the most beautiful benedictions in all of the Bible. Verse 7 of chapter 4 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What an important verse of Scripture that is for this time of the year. Advent and Christmas are times when our hearts and our minds naturally move towards the hope for peace on earth. The angels that sang in the heavens at Christ's birth of peace on earth, goodwill towards all, they remind us of that that great messianic hope that Isaiah described several hundreds of years before Christ was born. When he said the wolf will will live with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the goat and the calf and the, the lion and the yearling together and the little child will lead them. Notice that phrase, a little child shall, shall leave the, lead them. We have come to know that this, this baby that was born in Bethlehem is that little child that will one day lead the entire world to peace. And so every year at this time of the year, we rekindle that beautiful dream of, of peace on earth. And we look forward to that day when the wolf will indeed live with the lamb and when the leopard will indeed lie down with the goat and, the, and when humans will indeed quit producing weapons of mass destruction but rather turn them into implements of peace. We all long for peace, don't we? We want peace. We want peace within our hearts. We want peace in our homes and and, and within our community, within our world. We want peace. Dante, the great poet of the Middle Ages, was exiled from his home in Florence and it seemed that his life had not turned out exactly the way he had expected it to. And so he decided to walk from, from Italy to Paris where he wanted to study philosophy. He wanted to find a clue as to the, the riddle of humanity and his destiny, his, his place in, hum, in the human society. And one night during his voyage on his way to Paris, he found himself too weary to travel any further. And so he knocked on the door of the Santa Croce, Croce uh, Monastery to find refuge inside for the night. 
and this gruff monk finally was aroused and answered the door. He flung the door open and with great annoyance he said, What do you want? And so Dante answered with a single word, Peace. I'll just bet that there are plenty of us today during this hectic Christmas season who could answer with that same word. All we want is a little peace. But peace is very elusive in our world, isn't it? Ever since Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden, the one thing, the only thing that we have been able to count on is the inescapable presence of conflict. Nations can't get along with nations. Families can't get along with one another. And and many people toss and turn at night because there's a battle going on inside their own hearts and their own minds. It's hard for us to find peace. There's a story of a young Norwegian soldier during World War II. His mother and his father had been killed. His whole family had been killed during this terrible conflict. And it was a tragic situation. And now he was all alone for his first Christmas Eve. And he was depressed. So he came out and he stood by the edge of a Norwegian fjord and, and in frustration and in bitterness he shouted to the sky and said, Glory to God in the highest! And the fjord echoed back, Highest, highest, highest. And so he shouted again, And on earth, peace! And the fjord echoed back, Peace, peace, peace. And the young man sat down and he cried because there was no peace to be found. For him, peace was only an echo that began to fade and fade and fade into nothingness. You know, during this time of the year, we talk a lot about peace. We light a peace candle on our Advent wreath. We talk about the wolf and the lamb and the lion and the kid and the angel singing about peace on earth. And, but even with all of this talk about peace, even all, with all of this beautiful music we've been singing, it's still difficult for us to hold on to that messianic hope for peace on earth. And the reason why is because we are hit squarely in the face with the reality of a world in which people are more likely to be stirred up to hatred than they are to love. Daniel Dyke writes that each year we watch the news as people gather in Bethlehem to mark Christmas in the place where Jesus was born. And we, watched, we watch as armed soldiers mingle with the crowds outside the church. We see body searches, metal detectors, and security births, uh, booths. And fortunately, no major incidents have taken place during the past several years during the Christmas celebration there, but it wasn't for the lack of trying. Several attempts have been foiled. And Dyke concludes by saying this. He said, Isn't it a shame that the main concern in Bethlehem on Christmas is that there might be acts of violence on the night when they honored the birth of Christ 
and in the place where they believed the Prince of Peace was born. There's an article a few years ago remembering the tragic situation in the nation of Rwanda. Back in 1994, Rwanda was ripped apart by a terrible civil war between the the Hutu and the Tutsi tribal groups. Many of you probably remember that awful conflict. Rwandan citizens that were were displaced by the war were crowded into into refugee camps and where they, there was starvation, there was disease that it wiped out thousands of people every day. The United Nations sent in a peacekeeping force led by Commander Romeo Dallaire of Canada. And his most pressing task was to stop the fighting between the, the Hutus and the Tutsis. But he couldn't do it. His efforts failed miserably. None of the UN nations would commit enough troops to the peacekeeping effort to, to make much of a difference. And, and the hopelessness of, his, of this, this terrible situation broke Dallier's spirit. Years later, about six years later, in 2000, year 2000, Canadian journalists tracked Dallier down. And they found him living in a park in Canada. As one journalist described it, he was blind, drunk, and screaming for someone to kill him. Was it despair over the futility of finding peace for Rwanda that drove him completely mad? Perhaps. If so, he would not be the first person to declare that peace is a hopeless pipe dream in this fallen world. So you see, peace is an elusive quality. It's an elusive quality on this planet Earth. And it's true. It is, a, it is elusive to our families. It's elusive between nations. It's elusive even within our own hearts and minds. So what do we do? We sing about it this time of the year. We pray for it. We remind ourselves of the promise that has been made for us. How can we find that peace? How can we find that peace which we so desperately long to have? How can we find that peace which Paul promised to us would transcend all understanding? Well, there's only one place that I know of. You see, true peace comes through Jesus Christ. Gordon MacDonald tells about a Nigerian woman who was a physician here in the United States. She was teaching, uh, she was uh, practicing at a teaching hospital here in the United States. And this distinguished woman came out of the crowd one day to, to say something kind uh, to MacDonald after hearing a lecture that he had given. And she introduced herself by using her American name, a a name that she took on for herself when she moved to America because we probably could not pronounce her name, uh, her African name. So he asked her, what is your African name? And she immediately gave it to him. It was several syllables long and and it had a, a beautiful musical lilt to it. And then he asked her, what does it mean? She said it means child who takes the anger away. 
And when McDonald asked her why she would have, why would she would have been given a name like this, and she said, "My parents had been forbidden by their parents to marry." But they loved each other so much that they defied their parents uh, anyway, and, and they married. They, they defied their families, and they married anyway. And after that, for several years, they were ostracized from both sides of their family, from both families. And then she said, "My mother became pregnant with me, and when my grandparents held me in their arms for the very first time, all of the walls of hostility came down." And I became the one who swept the anger away. And that's the name my father and my mother gave to me. What a great, great story. A story of reconciliation. And MacDonald ended by saying, It occurred to me that her name would be a suitable name for Jesus. The child who takes the anger away. That would be a good name for Jesus, wouldn't it? In the same way that this child from Nigeria brought so much love into the into a family that old grudges and animosities could be set aside, so the Christ child brought love into our human world enough so that if each of us lived in that love guess what would happen? All anger and hatred in our world would quickly drain away. Isaiah wrote, A little child shall lead them. And it is the Christ child who can lead us to peace in our troubled hearts and peace in our troubled families and peace in our troubled world. It is the Christ child who can do this for us. Lucinda Norman wrote an article titled An Atmosphere of Calm a while back. And in this article, she describes her Christmas shopping experience at a busy mall. And it was far from peaceful. You may have been there recently. I don't know. It was not really a very peaceful experience. People had been pushing and elbowing and cutting in front of her all day long. And and it was becoming very frustrating to her and hardly able to take it anymore. She says during a 10-minute special, which featured an extra 10% discount off of the already 25% discount, this woman grabbed a lace tablecloth out of my hands. And so I looked her straight in the eye and grunted, Mine! And I yanked it back. I won! And by four o'clock in the afternoon, she said, My mood was belligerent. At a mall restaurant, Ms. Norman met some friends and flagged down a server and said, I need hot tea now. But the server snapped at her and said, I'm not your server. Wait your turn. And she said, Lady, I've been waiting my turn all day long. Bring me some tea. But the waitress just ignored her. But then a few minutes later, a friendly young man came to her table with a smile on his face and he said, Hi, I'm Rob. I'm your waiter. And he took their order and she noticed that, that Rob stopped for a moment to help the rude waitress with her tray 
and he greeted the other customers and the, and the other staff members. And, and in the midst of, of dozens of hurried shoppers and restaurant staff, he conducted himself with a, a, a polite, unhurried atmosphere of calm. And when he refilled her cup, Lucinda noticed that he had a silver ring on his on his right hand that was connected it was made of connected letters and after he walked away she said to the other ladies at the table, "Did you notice that our server is wearing a ring that spells Jesus?" And then she thought, "It's no wonder that this young man has such a unique spirit about him." And from that moment on, her attitude changed. This one young man's example had reminded her of the peace that Christ came to bring. And so for the rest of the day, she enjoyed shopping. She enjoyed shopping. She opened the door for others to go in. She let other people in front of her in the checkout line. She made room for the crazy drivers on the road. And, and, and she did this all with an atmosphere of calm. And that's what Christ does when He comes into a life. He takes away the anger. He takes away the fear. He takes away the, the selfishness and the greed that we have to battle every day of our lives. It's like a story that Frederick Beekner tells about a children's Christmas pageant. Here's how he described it. He said the manger was, was down in the front at the chancel steps where it always is. And Mary was there with a blue mantle and Joseph with his his cotton beard. The wise men were there with a, a handful of shepherds and of course in the midst of them all the Christ child was there lying in the in the straw. The nativity story was read aloud by the pastor and carols were sung at the appropriate places in the program and everything went off like clockwork until it came time for the arrival of the angels. These precious children were robed in white and scattered among the congregation through the pews with their their parents. And at the right moment, they were supposed to come forward and gather around the manger, peering into the bed of straw with adoration and worship. And that is exactly what they did. Except that there were so many of them that there was a, a fair amount of crowding and jockeying for position. With the result that there was one particular young angel, a, a little girl who was smaller than, than most of the others, who ended up out on the far edge of things, so far that she could not see what was going on, even when she was standing on her tiptoes and craning her neck. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill among all, they sang on cue. And then in that momentary pause that followed their proclamation, this precious little girl electrified the entire church by crying out in a loud voice, shrill with irritation and frustration at not being able to see the babe. She called out and said, Let Jesus show! Ah! From the mouths of babes... My friends, that's the path to peace. 
in this season and in every season of the year. Let Jesus show. That young waiter with, with the Jesus ring on was doing that. Not so much with his ring, but with the, his patient and his kind attitude with his fellow workers and with the people whom he was serving. Let Jesus show. And after that, Lucinda Norman did it when she held the doors open for people to, to walk in in front of her. When, they allowed, when she allowed them to get in front of her in line and, and made room for harried drivers to merge into traffic. And, and that's how we bring peace to our world. That's how we bring peace to our families and our community. Ultimately, worldwide. It is by putting aside our self-centeredness and our sometimes obnoxiousness and it is letting Jesus show until the peace of Christ reigns over all the earth by reigning in one heart at a time. That's why our mission statement here at Community Baptist Church is being the presence of Christ, serving a world in need. It is our reminder to each other that in the works of this church and in our day-to-day lives, it is our mission to let Jesus show. And when we do that, there will be peace. Amen. Let's sing together. Peace again? Wow. No. Well, let me let me Alright, wait, we're gonna sing in a minute. I'm gonna start preaching again. <laughs> We've been singing a lot about peace. We've been talking. We've, we've lit a peace candle. We've been talking about peace and singing peace. And that's a wonderful thing because it reminds us of what we need to do and what we need to be responsible for. And let's sing about peace again. Peace like a river. But as we do that, let us commit to ourselves that we're going to do more than sing. We've got to live it. We can sing until the cows come home. But unless we live it, peace isn't coming. So let's sing it. Let's live it.
Beloved of God, go from here with rejoicing in your hearts. Let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is always by your side. Cast your worry aside, and by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will keep you always. Amen. Amen. Everybody get hot.